welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 9th of May 2020. And the title of this episode is Battle Stamina and $13 million. Do names have power? If you're a gamer, then I'm sure you will have encountered a plot where knowing the true name of the demon or fairy causing mischief was the way to wrestle it into submission. Last year, I ran a giveaway competition that put copies of fantasy author Justin Lee Anderson's The Lost War into readers' hands. The book has gone on to win awards, woo audiences, and I love the fact that geek-native readers know it was based on a fantasy RPG Justin played in. The Lost War is set in a fantasy version of Edinburgh, and the clues are in the names everywhere. So, for the competition, I asked readers, do names have power? but I didn't specify fantasy names. It's useful knowing the name of some troublesome customer service rep that you're trying to deal with, but is it powerful? I'll let you know how people answered at the end of this podcast. Oh yeah, it's going to be one of those episodes. Do you know what is powerful? The unusual combination of kindness and money. That's what Play It Forward is. As mentioned in an earlier episode, Play It Forward is an initiative from one bookshelf, the owners of the DMs Guild and the Storytellers Vault, to make sure that creators get 100% of the retail value of the RPG accessories and supplements bought from those sites. Wizards of the Coast, Fantasy Grounds and White Wolf agreed to the idea. They would usually get a commission whenever their intellectual property is used by somebody else to make money. So, until the 17th of May, that's what's happening on those sites. Creators are getting 100% of the cover price. There are lots of happy creators talking about it on Twitter, but I wanted to call out Celeste Conowich in particular. If you watch D&D's own official Twitch streams, then you may have seen her and know who I'm talking about. If not, then what matters is we're talking about a freelancer who pays the bills by working in the RPG industry. Not an easy task. Play It Forward has enabled Celeste to pay her rent this month. A modest victory? Perhaps, but I think it's fantastic, and it's evidence that kindness like Play It Forward isn't gimmicky marketing stunts. Do you know what else would pay the rent? $13 million. That huge amount of money is the new record for a tabletop Kickstarter game. It goes to Cephalophore Games and their expansion to Gloomhaven, called Frosthaven. If you don't know the games, then I'll describe them as epic box sets. They merge tabletop board games with role-playing games in a world that changes based on the decisions you make and that there are different storylines to explore. Sadly, successes like this have not been enough to carry Kickstarter through these hard times. The reports this week are bad and it looks like up to 45% of staff there will lose their jobs. Geek Native keeps a close watch on Kickstarter Each week there's a summary of RPGs on the platform in our routinely itemised column and there are highlights on specific projects throughout the week. I've certainly noticed a decline, although not a full stop. The tabletop, especially role-playing hobby, are hard economics. Some people do it at a cost. Like Geek Native, this podcast and the site costs me money. You'll notice a lack of sponsors on the podcast. And all this makes it very hard for anyone trying to make a living out of it. The hobby is dominated by a few big players. The latest Roll20 market report is especially interesting in this respect. It shows that D&D is dominant, but that 
Also, during the lockdown, some old-school games are having, in percentage terms, a bit of a boom. Here are the top five. 50.4% of all campaigns on Roll20 are D&D 5th edition. 15.6% are uncategorised, which probably means they're homebrew or a really obscure game. 12.2% of games on Roll20 are Call of Cthulhu, and I mean any version of Call of Cthulhu. 4.5% are Pathfinder 1st edition, and one4 are D&D 3.5 edition. It's easy to see how dominant D&D is. Those percentage booms I talked about, well, Hero Quest, and that's from the makers of Call of Cthulhu, is up 4,006%. And Old School Essentials is up 962%. I'm not calling this an OSR boom, though Roll20 are, because games like Blade in the Dark are also up 474% in that case. You can find the whole table by searching for Geek Native Roll20 or by following the link in the show notes back to the site. In some ways, D&D's success and therefore its dominance is excellent news. I wish we could have our cake and eat it though. I wish smaller RPG publishers found it easier to lure new gamers in. With that in mind, every month Geek Native runs a spotlight on an RPG publisher. The company that the spotlight lands on is the one that's picked by the site's backers over at Patreon. And the June vote is now live. The five candidates are Azukal Games, Felbrig Harriet, Diego Pisa Artworks, The Raging Barbarian, and Dario Calaro. If you're a site patron, thank you, and please vote. Let's stick with RPGs for a bit longer, as there have been some interesting new releases in games like Altered Carbon, the cyberpunk game based on the Netflix show progressing to pre-order or general release. Another is Warhammer Age of Sigmar RPG Soulbound from Cubicle 7. You can pre-order the physical copy and there's a collector's edition which looks gorgeous. The Lost Citadel is years late but Green Ronin have finally published their Undead Apocalypse for 5e. I've not had a chance to look at my PDF which I got a few months back as a backer but I am keen to do so as I adore the concept and the cover art looks fantastic. Sandy Peterson, you know, the Cthulhu game guy, has a new project to expand the Cthulhu Mythos sagas for 5e too. It's a subscription that costs about 20 bucks a month. With the Cthulhu Mythos saga, you get a 75-page adventure in hardback as well as discounts from Peterson Games every month. A reliable monthly revenue stream is a fantastic thing for any publisher, and so I am sure that Peterson Games will work hard on this. They're going to have to. That's an adventure chapter every month from now until doom. All these games cost money. And if that's a problem right now, then perhaps a fan-made Fallout RPG will be a better bet for you. It's free, and the 6th edition was just released. That's right, the 6th edition. Modifius has the official license, and while they have released an RPG add-on for their Fallout Skirmish game, they've not yet released their main Fallout RPG. Playtest for it, though, opened at the start of the year, and so it might be along soon. We have already talked about Wizards of the Coast generosity with the Play It Forward initiative, but it's worth noting that their daily freebies are still coming. In fact, this week, Geek Native shared some sites and tools that will alert you whenever the Watsies freebie page updates in case you're struggling to keep up. 
Alternatively, if your problem is finding people to play with, then Magpie Games have good news. They've expanded their curated play program. You have to buy tickets, and they're selling out, but at least you have a chance. Ten bucks is generally enough to get you a place at a virtual table, with a high-quality GM, and you will be part of a gaming group. The expanded program doesn't just play Magpie Games Masks Superhero RPG, but now includes others like Bluebeard Bride and Zombie World. Okay, let's pull ourselves away from RPGs just for a bit, as I wanted to briefly talk about Netflix's new Ghost in the Shell anime series. Granted, I don't think the CGI-style animation that Netflix so often favours with its own anime is anything like as cool as the original, but I have good news. The latest reboot, Ghost in the Shell SAC 2045, isn't bad. In fact, it's a safe average, perhaps even a high average. Set in the standalone complex version, the world has gone to hell in a handbasket when all currencies lost value. The only thing keeping economies afloat now is what's called sustainable war. That's right, by hiring people for armies, buying weapons and spending that money domestically, countries can keep going. All you need are other countries to fight against. It's a sort of conditions which might trigger the next evolution of humanity. If you're a Ghost in the Shell fan, then I reckon this reboot is worth a look. Another success this week comes from comic book author Cullen Bunn. That's a name I see with more and more regularity. I'm sure movie success is in Cullen's future. In the meantime, though, I wanted to recommend the comic book Rogue Planet based on the strength of issue one. It's a cross between the movie Alien and a Lovecraft story. In other sci-fi news, and hard to miss, is the Star Wars one. There will be another Star Wars film. Tahika Watiti will direct. Look, I'm going to be optimistic about this. I regret the way Star Wars and Star Trek fandoms have grown toxic elements. Nobody has the right to demand that Star Wars stories are told in precisely the way they want not unless they're coughing up the many millions necessary to make the film. We can hope, though. And it's okay not to like Star Wars films. And you can like one and not the rest, or like two, or even just like one. It's not a life-or-death thing. It's a fandom thing. And right now, geek fandom is terrific. It's a time to enjoy, not to be angry. The OP will release the Star Wars Talisman board game. Isn't that great? Oh, I'm sure it will be as random and as meaningless as ever. The luck of a D6 will take your character around the board again and again until random chance makes one character strong enough to step closer towards the middle of the board. Oh, just embrace it and have fun. That's my approach. And I like to think of it as a form of battle stamina. We're sliding back towards games. Okay, that's not a bad thing. It gives me the chance to highlight Ardent Roleplay, an augmented reality app for your Android or iPhone. Do you ever want a horror to leap out from under the table and give your players a scare during a spooky game? That's the sort of thing that Ardent is working on, and they've signed a deal with Call of Cthulhu's Chaosium. Right now, the app can be used to create virtual tabletop scenes, track characters on these landscapes, and their stats. I know Ardent won't be for everyone, but it feels like another new way to get people interested in the tabletop games, and I hope it goes well for them. Things are going well for the D&D movie. It's not cancelled. And it's clearly an important project for Paramount and Entertainment One, the two companies funding the project. This week, 
they've signed a deal with an ex-Marvel exec, Jeremy Latcham, to come on board as producer. The movie, they say, was made his top priority. Before I share those Do Names of Power stats with you, I also wanted to highlight that we have another Donner Police article from Ben this week. It's called Serial Killer, and it's part two of the look at the risks and roles of continuity in RPGs. And there are merits in worrying less about continuity when it comes to running your games. Right, those power stats. 70.3.6% of people who entered the competition thought names have power. Oh, I think they're probably right. Call someone's name out in the street and you can make them turn around, for example. I can split those stats down between geeks and non-geeks. I guess the non-geeks were entering the competition because they like to win stuff. Geeks were even more confident that names have power. 77% of geeks compared to 65% of non-geeks. There's a new poll on the write-up page and you can cast your own vote there if you like. And on that note of power, let's call it a day. Speak to you next week and until then, stay out of melee range.